0: God bless you. You can be seated in house and thank you again for watching online, for tuning in today. We're so excited about what God is doing. We're excited about this uh, sermon series and we're going to come before you in the next week or so and ask you for uh, just a pledge to help us with those kids that we sponsor in Haiti, the feeding program here in Hickory and the things we're doing. I think we're going to do about 140,000 meals this year from Hickory to Haiti. And uh, we're going to need your help for next year. We want to do a quarter of a million meals. And so we have lofty goals right in the middle of COVID. Amen? God's in charge. Praise God. He's he's. (laughs) I I told Janie, I don't know what stress is. We're redoing a building downtown. I got to raise some money in the middle of a COVID crisis in August when everybody's at the beach. So... (laughs) Praise God. You pray for me, Amen. Amen. God is so good. We have such a great church. We have, in my opinion, the greatest church in America. We have the greatest people in America. We have, we just have lovely people who go out of their way to just to be supportive and to to watch the kingdom of God grow. So, uh, we're praying for you through this crisis situation. And uh, know this: that this too shall pass. God is on the throne, and He is not nervous. Amen. He is on your side. He's a good, good God, so praise the Lord. Well, last week we talked about some really cool things, and if you didn't uh, have a chance to be here or watch, you need to go back and watch it, because this is a tag team message for last week, but I'll insert some of the things that we talked about last week, because we're coming out of the same chapter, the second chapter of John, and we're talking about Jesus' seven signs. They vary a little bit. Some some people will say, well, these are the seven signs. They'll be talking about miracles or these are the seven signs. I'm talking about true signs, but the sign, the word sign, simia, means three different things. It means miracles, first of all, and then it means authentication, so uh, authenticating something, and then it also means the authorization, to authorize. You have been authorized as an agent of the Lord Jesus Christ to see signs and wonders. Matthew, or Mark, the 16th chapter, said signs and wonders should follow them that believe. Amen? So you're an agent for the Lord, and God's going to create signs. Now, we, listen, too many people in Christ's fellowship, too many people that follow God, they chase after signs. You were not ever meant to to chase after signs. Signs should follow you. Simeon should follow you. In other words, it may not always be a miracle, but it may be the authentication. It may not be the authentication, but it may be the authority. You know when somebody just knows something, it's like this authority rises up in them? That's how you should be as a Christ follower for Jesus. Amen? That's, That's what God has in store for you. It's like you know who you are. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, chapter, I know who I am by the grace of God. And if you know who you are, then you have that authority to work on God's behalf, right? So we're going to talk about the second part, and it's a seven-part series, but again, go back and watch if you need to. We'll talk about the second part today, John, the second chapter, starting with verse number 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers were sitting there and making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables and he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away, do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, by the way, in Psalms 69 and 9, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for, these, for doing these things? Again, what sign? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it back up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised up from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Father, we ask that you just open our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so uh, what a cool, what a cool, cool story. And uh, I, I don't want to mislead you. I don't want to deflate you. Uh, this is not about Jesus getting mad. This is like you know some people are like man I can get mad because Jesus got mad he went over he flipped over tables and he kicked the dog and he got rid of all the all the livestock and he got mad at people. he did get mad and and, and even Paul said be angry but sin not but this is not about Jesus getting mad this is about kind of the story within the story this is there's a story here and if we're not careful we quickly read about how Jesus and for some reason John includes this in early in his uh in, in his order of recollection. This is not necessarily the chronological order. This happens a little bit more near the end of Jesus's ministry, which is more accepting because uh, the temple watchers wouldn't have necessarily allowed Jesus just to come in and start turning things over at the start of his ministry, but because John records it in the second chapter, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recorded near the end of their of their stories of their of their gospels, which is probably more when it happened. Jesus is a known figure. He's been preaching. He's been teaching for three years or the better part of three years, and he's and he's he's got some credit. Uh, that they want to kill him, but they don't know how. Uh, he knows he's going to be crucified, and in, there's a timetable there. And as we learned yesterday, or last week, when he does the miracle, turning water into wine, it starts this ministry. So John goes right into it. So it's a little bit of order, but he's telling a story. And sometimes when we get excited telling a story, we kind of jump to the end a little bit, right? It's like, uh, this happened, this happened. And when Janie and I tell a story, it'll be, well, wait a second. She'll say, like, no, no it, it happened this way yeah yeah you're right but I want to get to the end I like to I like to just get to the end the, one of the I I I have been trying to run and I, the reason I don't love to run but I, I run the reason I don't like to run because I want to be done running I want to talk about the run I don't like the run are, are anybody with me like you know my, our son Andrew he I don't know if he enjoys running but he'll go out and run you know 15 miles 17 miles 13 miles. Did a half marathon today. Our friend Jason in the back. He goes out and runs 8, 10, 12, 13 miles. These guys are runners. I'm not a runner. I'm a plodder. I plod. Drew said, "Did you run today?" I did. How how far? I got my mile in. What was your time? I'm not talking about it. <laughs> it's, just, it's like I, 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 at least I ran, okay? And I know that's a warm. That's not even. That's not even a good warm up for runners, all right. But I like to be done. I want to. I want to sit there, and Janie can attest to this. I sweat profuse. I don't. We shouldn't talk. I just sweat. I think about sweating, and it just starts dripping off me. And so I don't. For some reason, I don't like. I. Anyways. John wants to get to this part of the story. He's like, oh, "Oh, and by the way, the the second sign that he's talking about. The first sign was was turning water into wine. The second sign, he goes in and he turns over the money changers, and he turns over the money tables, and he he gets rid of the livestock. Well, there's a story within the story. When I was in high school back in the late 70s, the movie Rocky came out. Anybody remember the movie Rocky? (sings) ( 한데yimiser) And everybody in their mind, their hands are up in the air, and they're dancing, and they're running steps. And in high school, we all went out and bought ourselves some gray sweatpants. We got ourselves a sweatshirt, maybe even put a towel around our neck, Bato, and we we were we, we'd go out, we'd do one hand push-ups, you know, in the gym. We were doing one hand push-ups, and then we we'd go find some stadium steps to run. And we'd run those steps at the top. We'd we dance around. We were all Rockies, but there was a story within inside the story. Of Rocky and any other great movie or novel or book, including the Word of God. There's a story here inside the story of Jesus turning over the tables and chasing out the money changers and move removing the livestock. Just like in, in Rocky's story, it's a story of an underdog, a boxer who really wasn't any good. And he's at the end of his career, although his career had never really started. He's at the end and he he, he gets a you know he, he gets a trainer who who doesn't believe in him and he's mean and he's growly and he and he's ornery, and the trainer's got a, a friend or a niece named Adrian or daughter and Rocky and Adrian, they they, they, they they start a relationship and Rocky actually loses the fight but he comes out the winner and sometimes you might lose the battle, but you're gonna win the war. That's, that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. And Jesus here comes in, and it's so much more than him just turning over tables. There, there's some takeaways here that, that you have to know, you have to understand, because if you can get the takeaways, you'll, you'll understand that this is part of the gospel message. And the, and, the, and the first one is that Jesus operates in a high level of passion. He understands his passion, and he's going to introduce a, a new level of worship, a, a new type of expressive worship, and we would call it praise or praise and worship. And Jesus is very passionate, and, and Jesus is, don't confuse Jesus' passion with emotion because emotional people, they operate on maybe spontaneity, but his passion drives his emotion. Historians will tell us that he probably spent about three hours braiding his whip Like just taking time, understanding that, man, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to turn things around. And last week we talked about our first point being knowing the person of Jesus more than the power of Jesus. We all chase the power of Jesus when he wants us to chase the person. And the way you chase the person of Jesus is with the passion of Jesus. When you're passionate for something, when you're ready to do something, when you're willing to do it, you're you're willing then to pay the price. You're going to talk about it. You're going to engulf yourself in it. You're going to be. You're going to make it part of you. And Jesus said that in Matthew twenty-one, thirteen, the same scripture reference that you, you've made my father's house a den of thieves when it should be a house of prayer. And he's quoting out of Isaiah, the second most quoted book by Jesus is Isaiah, and he's quoting that Isaiah and he's saying, wait, this is a this is a house of prayer because prayer gets you that power. But praise gets you that power as well. And when we understand that we seek Jesus the person rather than Jesus the power, we have a passion that comes out of us. We have a passion that builds up inside of us. And all of a sudden, it becomes easy to praise. We sing a song around here that we praise before our breakthrough. Why? Because that's scriptural. Judges, the 16th chapter and the 20th verse, they were getting getting ready to have a war. And it's a bad war, okay? And so they're getting ready to, to, to put an army together, and they call for all the left-handed warriors. And the story's long. I won't get into that. But these guys are skilled markmen, and they don't have any right arms. They're, they're, they're good at what they do, and they're, they're, the, they're the best. Like they're, they're Navy SEALs of, of, the, of the army. And, and the, 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 the king says, who should we send first? And God says, send the praise team first. Don't, don't send the warriors. Why? Because there's power in our praise. There's power in our worship. There's power in the fact that we can throw our hands up and we can love a God who loves us so much he sent his only begotten son to die for us. He walks into the temple and he gets rid of the sheep. He gets rid of the oxen. He gets rid of the, the pigeons. He gets rid of the money changers because they were skimming off the top. They would buy a, a sheep for $2. They would sell it for 5 They would buy a pigeon for 50 cents. They would sell it for $2. And they would go on and on. And some of the sheep weren't good. They were, they were deformed. And so they would take them to the, they would take them to the altar to be worshiped. But God wants pure, undefiled worship today. He was, so he removes all that. And, and and here's here's the story within the story. Here's what Jesus is saying. You can't pay somebody to worship for you. You can't praise pay the praise team to get you your groove on. Well, I'm gonna put my praise on today. You gotta come with your praise on. If you come with your praise on, then we'll have church. You come ready to praise, God will show up. See, we we wanna we want that perfect song, don't we? It's like, man, if I sing this song, it's going to, well, if I sing a song, it ain't going to be any good at all, but the praise team might be like, if we sing this song, then, then man, they're going to be up, and we'll, we'll get texts all afternoon, that was amazing praise and worship. God thinks all praise and worship is amazing when your heart's involved. When you're included in it, when you include yourself in it. So here's what Jesus is saying through his passion and introducing a new form of worship. It's not about the lambs. It's not about the goats. It's not about the oxen. It's not about pigeons. It's not not about somebody collecting money. It's not about that. It's about you and me entering the house of God and saying, okay, God, I'm here to worship today. I'm going to send my praise first, no matter what my spirit's like, no matter what trouble I'm going through, no matter what trouble I'm in, no matter what prayers haven't been answered yet. I know one thing. If I stand and praise God, he's going to hear me because he's on my side. He's on your side. He loves you. There's a power of praise. And here's the other thing. Some of the rich people back in that day, they'd buy the best They They meant well. But then it would almost become a little bit proud and haughty. Some of the poorer people, they couldn't find anything, so they'd buy a a couple pigeons. And Some of the livestock owners, well, that lamb's really good. She's going to be a producer, so this one's deformed. I'm going to take that one to the house. And so their worship was tainted. Jesus got rid of all that and said, okay, here it is. Worship is between the heart of man and woman and God. Every person can worship God. Every person can praise God. Zephaniah says that when we sing, when we rejoice, when we shout to the Lord, Zephaniah, the third chapter, verse 13, when our praise goes up, his glory comes down. In fact, the Bible says that God starts to dance over us. Now, dancing in the Old Testament was a sign of victory. So when your praise goes up, God starts to bring victory over you. When your praise goes up, God starts to rain down your answers. He starts to rain down your victory. He starts to rain down your breakthrough. He starts to rain down those things in your life that you need. We can't praise after the fact. We have to praise before the fact. See, we get it turned around. I'm going to buy myself a sheep, and it's going to go, that's my sacrificial worship. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I got a new plan for you. It's a new passion. You come into my house. You passionately praise me. I'll give you all the power for, for breakthrough that you need. It's a win. So It doesn't make sense. I, I just got to raise my hands. I just got to maybe bow down. I just got to audibly praise God. I just got to say, hey, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to thank God for, for things just the way they are, knowing that they're not the way that I want them to be. And God's going to move, yes, because things don't make sense with God. You're not going to figure God out. God's impossible to figure out. In fact, Samuel told Saul that God prefers obedience over sacrifice, that when we actually obey, so what's, what's God saying? Hey, praise Him. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him at night. Praise Him when you get up. Praise Him when you go to bed. Praise Him during the day. And we, we, we sometimes we've, we've gotten mocked before because well, that's all you guys do is praise God. No, that's not all we do, but that's the start of what we need to do is praise God. <laughs> praise Him all day long, but passionately praise Him. Don't, don't let somebody else praise God for you. Although if you can't praise God, then join in somebody else's praise because that same breakthrough that person might be praising for might be your breakthrough as well. In fact, you if you don't need a breakthrough, I'll pass through everything. really good. My bank account's full. My marriage is great. My kids are healthy. You should praise God anyway. it might be a breakthrough for somebody else. Your praise might break through for somebody else. David said, I'll worship more defile than that. Michael didn't like the way that David praised God. Oh, David, you're making a fool out of yourself. Stop doing that. Oh, Michael, if you don't like that, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what Jesus is saying in the temple. Hey, we don't need this kind of stuff. There's only one sacrificial lamb, and that's Jesus Christ. He laid his life down for us. He's the the person that we need, right? And there's a passion that we need as he's shown us. The second thing that he shows us is how to prophesy, when He, he says, you, you go ahead and tear this temple down. Three days, I'll rebuild it. It's amazing how uh, the Jewish culture was during that day. Well, it took us 46 years to build this. Like, like they had something to do with it. And they're talking about their culture. It's 46 years in the building. But he's not talking about the building. He's talking about the person again. This whole thing wraps around Jesus, the person. But Jesus speaks spiritually. We learn practically. We learn rationally. We learn physically. We learn like by seeing, okay? We learn, we have to start learning by faith, church. We have to open our faith eyes up. We have to start learning, okay, Lord, here's what you said. Wait, 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 wait a second. You said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You, you said, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You said, I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus. See, God's already prophesied over your life, He's already prophesied to your situation, He's already prophesied to what you have need of. And so he's prophesying right here. Do you know God had to teach the prophet Ezekiel how to prophesy? Jesus came as a priest, as a prophet, and as a king. He fulfilled those three cabinets, those three ordinances. And God had to show up in the scene in Ezekiel chapter 37 there was a valley of dry bones. God brings Ezekiel. It could be a metaphor. It could be real. It could be interpretive. He takes him to a valley of dry bones. It's a desert place. It's a wasteland. And there's a bunch of corpses laying in the wasteland. And God says to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Now, by the way, if God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He's wanting you to figure the answer out. That's how God works. And so, son of man, can these bones live? God, I Only you know if these bones can live. Son of man, prophesy to these bones. He's wanting to teach the prophet how to prophesy. He's wanting to teach us how to prophesy over our situations. He's wanting us to, te- to teach us how to prophesy. To listen, there's many podcasts out there. There's many blogs out there. People how to tell you how to be successful. Tell you how to do right from wrong. You do this. You Do these ten things. Do these eight things. Listen to this three-hour podcast. Listen to this. Do this. Buy this material. Go to this camp. Have all those things. Can I tell you this? This is the best podcast you'll ever read. This is the best blog you'll ever read. This is, the best, this is the best history lesson you'll ever read. This is the best how-to you could ever have. When you, when you get the Word of God in you, when you learn from it and grow from it, son of man, can these bones live? God, only you know if these bones can live. Prophesy, son of man. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Read it when you get home or your study time this week. So Ezekiel prophesies to these dead bones. They're dead. They're dry. They're corpses. There's no skin or anything on their skeletons. He starts to prophesy, bones, you need need life. And all of a sudden, when he starts to prophesy, the uh, ligaments start to take place. Muscles start to take place. Organs start to develop inside. And I can imagine that Ezekiel didn't even, this is like a Steven Spielberg movie, right? I mean, this is, this is so you want, you want science fiction right here, just read the Word of God. You, you want a miracle story, just read the Word of God. You want a love story, just read the Word of God. And whatever you want adventure, just read the Word of God. And he starts to speak. And, and I can only imagine uh, Ezekiel not having been there, but looking at, at what he said. He's probably now growing in his faith because he's speaking and things are happening. When you call those things that aren't as though they are, God will make things happen. You have to prophesy to your situation. We, we serve Jesus, the great high prophet. And all of a sudden, they, these bones come on and, and skin. And, and they, all, these, all of a sudden, they stand to attention. And God says, now that you've prophesied and they're standing, I will breathe on them. Now hear me, whenever you prophesy, over your situation. You see, the second point last week was change comes from the inside. Do you remember? Change comes from the inside. Whenever you prophesy to your situation, God breathes on it. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So when you prophesy God's will, what is God's will? God's will is that you have a job, God's will is that you support your family. God's will is that you your 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 kids are saved. God's will is that you uh, that that you profit you be in good health as your soul's profit. Uh, God God's will is that you have peace in your heart and your mind. God's will is that you don't have anxiety, God's will is that you don't get sick. God's will, God all you know what God's will is, amen. So when you prophesy God's will, you do your part, God will do his part. When you prophesy, then God breathes. Jesus does the same thing. Jesus tells his disciples, ask anything in my name. I'm going to do it for you. But then in John, the, either 14th or 17th, 14th chapter, he breathes on them. He breathes that spirit of life in them. Is that when they became born again? Did they come born again after the fact? We don't know. God knows. It doesn't matter. We know that his disciples started to live. But when you prophesy to that situation like Ezekiel did, When you start to prophesy, when you start to understand, I have this power, I have this authority that God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, has given me to prophesy to that situation. And at first, it's a little awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. When I first started to prophesy to my situation, I was young. I was a new follower of christ I, I i i knew I knew bible stories i I knew and feared God I came into a relationship with Jesus, and I heard how you could you could speak to those things and I'm like, oh, i' like and I would try it you know I, I would try it in my in my prayer time. Lord, I, I speak to that. And my wife being born and raised in evangelicalism and charismatic movements, and she would understand. you got to call those things out. you got to speak those things. In our early years of marriage, our uh, uh, economy was really bad. Jobs were hard to get. I'd gotten laid off our first four jobs. We had a car that didn't have any reverse, and, and uh, we would put the kids in the back seat of the car. We only had three at the time, Jill, Jessica, and Marcus, Andrew was. Around and and uh, we would drive through uh, neighborhoods that we desired to live in, and, and Janie wouldn't say if she would say when we move in that house. When Papa gets a good job and we, we buy that, we're going to buy that house right there. And the kids, are, their faith would grow. And, and Jessica, the middle child at the time, said, "Mama, when, when we buy that house, can can I have a swing set?" Can we get a swing? I mean, the faith starts to grow in our culture. When you start to speak things out, your faith will grow in your family. We have to stop saying it won't work out. It's not going to work. I don't see it working. We need to start saying, but my God owns cattle on a thousand hills. It's going to work out. But my God says that we can. It will work out. But God but God's the author and the finisher of our faith. It will work out. See, our faith, hope, trust, belief, and confidence have to be in God. We have to prophesy over a situation. Proverbs says there's power of death and life in the tongue. So if I speak death, what's going to happen? Death. If I speak life, what's going to happen? Life. When I speak life into a situation, especially if there's a change in my life, I need to speak that out. Now, some some people don't want to change. Some people don't want Christ. Some people don't want relationships. Some be, and, there's, and there's nothing that you can necessarily do about it, but God can. And when you speak into those situations, when you speak into those areas, and maybe you're in a point where I, I didn't know I would be here at this stage of, of my life. I thought things would turn out differently, or I thought I'd be in a, a different season, start to speak to that season. Start to speak to that ideal. Start to speak to that situation. When you speak to that situation, when you understand that God's in charge and you can prophesy, this is what Jesus was doing in the temple. Destroy this temple. What sign do, do you give us? So we'll destroy this temple or we build it in three days. Which, by the way, my mind, I believe Jesus could have could have rebuilt the actual temple in three days had he wanted to. That's just my faith. But, of course, he was prophesying, he was talking about but he's teaching us as a takeaway that we should prophesy to our situation. When change comes from the inside and we look at Jesus more than the power, we also look at Jesus the prophet that he prophesies. And as he prophesies, he understands that, that praise goes before us. And we, when we can learn how to praise and we can learn how to worship church as a real praise and worship church, when we can learn how to praise, when we can learn how to worship, we can learn how to get in the presence of an almighty God then we can ask for those things that we know are his will and he'll perform them on our behalf. If he doesn't, he'll give us that peace that passes all understanding. He'll under, we'll understand through that, pro- that prophecy that God has a better way, amen? Amen. And then the last thing is purpose. When we understand the purpose here, he ushers in a new covenant. We call that covenant grace. Again, there's a story within a story. You have to hear me on this one. You have to understand the story within the story is not Jesus just knocking over tables and upsetting the money changers and getting rid of the livestock. He's, he's forming a new way. He's forming a new way of praise and worship. He's forming a new way of prophetic, of prophesying. But then he's also, pro, uh, he's also forming a new way of, of grace. When we understand that the best is yet to come, that best becomes grace in our life. When we get grace in our life, unmerited favor. This is the new covenant. We have the Mosaic covenant, the Noahic covenant, we have the Davidic covenant, we have Jesus' covenant. What is Jesus' covenant? That by grace are you saved through faith. and That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That when we understand that God's grace unmerited favor we have a saying in our house favor ain't fair but man we love favor amen we love favor but but grace is available for all people and Jesus is setting the tone that no you don't have to you don't have to buy worship anymore and, and yes you you can speak to your issues but the thing that comes beyond on, and everything else is this thing that's called grace this beautiful, wonderful, life-saving grace. And he's sharing that at that time because he knows just in a few days he's going to die on a cross. And again, John takes it a little bit out of order according to the other synoptic gospels. He brings it in such a way that it, that it's not that it's not, uh, uh, we read it by chapter because we're used to to reading books, but the story in the story here is Jesus' big sign is that there's gonna be a better sacrifice, one sacrifice once and for all. That when we understand that sacrifice, we understand that's been, that debt's been paid, that I understand now that that debt's been paid for me. But the story in the story is this. We look at people and if we're not careful because we become a little churchy, we start to judge people. We start to look at people differently. We start to forget what it was like when we, before we had a relationship with Christ. And then we don't give the same patience to people who are still learning their footing on how to grow in Christ. Well, you know, it was in this church, it was years ago, a lady came in and, and she got saved. She gave her heart to the Lord. And, and she maybe didn't dress churchy. And an older lady in the church came up to Janie and she said, I'm gonna tell that, I'm gonna tell that young lady there how to dress. She's inappropriate. And Janie said, No, you ain't. <laughs> you ain't telling her nothing. <laughs> You're gonna run her right out of that church. I'm no, she needs to learn how to dress. She needs to learn how to dress and how to look like a Christian. And Janie sat the lady, the woman, the older lady down and said, ma'am. Salvation starts on the inside and works its way out. And if you try to change her now, she'll only be changing for you. She won't be changing for God. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to change her from the inside out, then that's part of what grace is. See, the story within the story is that everybody's got a story. And everybody comes from a different angle. Everybody comes from a different place, and and you, your your story may look different. And back in the day when I got saved, it was a bunch of do's and don'ts. You can't now. You can't wear those kind of jeans, and certainly can't wear those kind of shorts. And you certainly better have at least sleeves on your shirt. And don't man, salvation. I don't know how salvation could have lasted in North Carolina, where half the men don't wear shirts in the middle of winter, even. <laughs> I, like the first thing you got to do when your car breaks down, take your shirt off. I don't know how that helps your car. (laughs) I have no idea. I I just know the first thing men do is (laughs) shirts off. (laughs) (laughs) We got to stop the do's and don'ts. And we got to initiate grace. Because every person here, every person watching online, Every person in this congregation, in the house today, every person that's ever been on this platform, every person that's ever darkened those doors, they have a story within the story. And when you understand that their story is a little different than yours, that maybe is where Jesus says, judge not, lest ye be judged. Because the same measure that you judge, that same measure is going to come back to you. And unless we've walked in that person's shoes, which is impossible for many of us because we haven't been born where they were born. We haven't been raised where they were raised. We haven't endured some of what they've endured. And we come across just like the Jews, the Sanhedrin, the Romans. We come across as the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And we come across very legalistic if we're not careful because all of a sudden, you have to line it with my measure. Well, yeah, but pastor, the, the Bible says this. Can I tell you this, the Bible says in the book of Numbers and Leviticus that if your son disobeys you, you take him out back and stone him to death. Now, how many of us would be alive today? Are you with me? If we center on grace, if we center on God's love. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is, the, this is the new thing he's worshiping in. It's not just Jesus getting mad and turning over the tables, chasing out the money changers. He was right in doing that, but it goes way beyond that. It's about Jesus saying, wait a second. I'm going to show you a different kind of praise and worship. Wait a second. I'm going to introduce you a different kind of love. Wait a second. You can prophesy now. I'm going to introduce you a, a series of grace. We don't have this scripture, but let me read verse uh Let me read verses 23 and 24. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. Many believed in his name when he saw the signs that he was doing. Many believed on his name when he saw the signs that he was doing. It wasn't about tipping over the tables. It was about saying, God, Thank you this morning that I can worship you and praise you and love you, that I can speak in your name to my situation, that I can praise you, that Lord, my life is a plan and is a purpose, and it all starts with grace. Would you stand with me this morning if you're watching online? Just engage with us for the next moment. We're gonna sing the song Waymaker, Miracle Worker. But today I want to pray for you. If you pray if you're watching, I pray if you're here in the I want to pray because I believe today that people are just wondering. They're, they're curious. They're nervous. They're hesitant. What's the world going to be like? What, what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my job? Can, can we speak to that for a moment today? Then we'll sing, Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify your name. We magnify your kingdom. We do what the what the uh, what the psalmist said. We do what what the proverb said, Father. We call upon the name of the Lord. We do what the New Testament says: they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but not only saved but healed, not only healed but forgiven, not only forgiven but but satisfied with with peace. We speak to those situations, those problems today. We speak to that anxiety. We speak to that angst. We speak to that the, that that need. We speak to that depression today. We speak, Lord, to that that nervousness we speak today father we say be gone in jesus name we speak to it today we call it out and we thank you father for grace lord that paul said i am who i am by the grace of god and lord now we pray that father as we seek you as the person and not as your power lord that you would change us from the inside out and lord if those things in our life that need to be changed we can speak to those things and father By the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that you deal with us right now on things in each of our lives that might need to be changed. Heal us, forgive us, set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more song. God bless you.
1: For who he is he's savior and then after that can come healing if you need a healing in your body and your mind and your finance whatever it is that that's just a byproduct but first that personal is just jesus loves me and even when things don't feel like they're going right or why is this happening to me he still loves you and then i love that was last week so go back and watch it if you missed last week it was just so amazing this week I loved I loved all of it, but I love the prophecy part because um, that's just that's just what I do. I, I mean, y'all know that. It's just I'm I'm huge on declaring and walking in victory, and I love that dancing is is declaring victory and dancing over our situation. And um, this week I was just kind of reminded of just another little miracle, like a testimony that I had when Andrew was um, born. He was born with a cleft palate. And, the soft part, and so they went in and did surgery, and then he had um, just a lot of breathing problems, and then they said that, you know, he had asthma, and so he'd have to be on this breathalyzer, this little thing I'd have to do, it over and over, and anytime a cold would come, you would have to get out the machine, wake him up in the middle of the night, put it on, he'd miss so much school anytime he'd get a cold, and it was one night in the middle of the night, one of those three o'clock in the mornings. I put that on, and I, I would think, uh, I can't even remember how old right there he was, but he was getting up there in, in uh, grade school, and that I put that on him, and it was three in the morning, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just so done with this. I have prayed, I have asked, and, and I know your answer is not always yes, but like Pastor said, If this is what you know is God's will, that he should be healed, then I'm just ready for him to be healed. And I got to that point in my prayer at 3 a.m., holding this little machine and helping him. And I just said, Lord, I'm done. I am done. And by your stripes, Drew is healed. I am putting this machine away. I just turned it off. And I just said, I'm done. Now, I'm not encouraging you to do that. That's your faith. My faith is different. Who knows? I'm not saying if that's your thing. You do it. I'm just telling you my story. My story was I began to prophesy to the asthma that was attacking my child and said, I am done. I am finished, he is not taking this anymore. By your stripes breath, your breath is gonna go into these lungs and I'm just done, I'm just so tired of it. It was wearing him out, it was making him jittery and hyper and I said, this is not what God called him to be. Little did I know in second and third grade that he was going to be an amazing worship leader. He was going to write incredible songs, can play every instrument up here better than a lot of us (laughs) he's incredible but God knew what his gift was and the enemy comes to attack your gifts and whatever your gift is who who knows what it is but the enemy wants to come in and attack that gift and what if I would have just kind of laid back and said well it is asthma and it is what it is he's got it he'd be up here singing with his little machine so (laughs) Okay, I know that's funny, and if you have asthma, I'm sorry, but, but it's true. Sometimes you just got to get kind of angry or just kind of get serious at your situation and say, I am done. I am done. I'm finished with it. You cannot have a hold on my child. You gifted me with this child, and this child is a gift from you, and whatever gifts you have for him, he's going to use them for your glory. And you want, let me just tell you, that was the last time. Ever, ever that drew was ever on albuterol ever on a breathing treatment never had to get the nephew nebu- whatever that squirty thing is we didn't never we never did that again because I got serious and said I'm done we can't do this anymore if your word says that you are the healer then you're the healer so heal him and I prophesied I said he is healed in Jesus name and we've had so many miracles so many miracles that I could share with you. Our children are walking miracles, our life, our church, our marriage, which y'all know know next Sunday we celebrate 40 years of marriage. That's a miracle. It is a miracle. I think my husband is incredible. I am not. I I make mistakes. I'm, I'm weak, but he's just amazing, and I'm just so blessed. We're a We're a walking miracle if you really knew the whole story of everything we went through. Our testimonies are nothing more than us saying, I'm kind of putting my foot down and saying, I'm done. I'm going to prophesy to my situation and say, whatever it is, my situation. If you need healing today in your physical body, kind of like just put your foot down and say, no, it's not coming back. Or it came back and it went. Or your mind is is nervous or you're anxious and you're just saying god you're the god of peace why am i nervous so right there just say you know what i'll prophesy to my situation and now what we do is start praising we start praising we start worshiping we start receiving that is where the miracle takes place we prophesy it but now we have to receive it we have to allow believe so much that praise and worship has so much to do with faith and God loves faith faith is so amazing if we can just get that faith in our spirit and we can say you know what that might be what the doctor says but that's not what my father says that's not what the word of God says if the word of God says that I am healed then I am healed if it says that I'm set free then I'm set free that's the proclamation we gotta start declaring I said, I I love prophecy and I love declaring. So I could preach on that, but I kind of did. So I'm done. Let me just pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you have done miracles in the past and you did them yesterday, you're going to do them today and you're going to do them tomorrow because all we got to do is begin to speak to our situation and then and allow that faith, no matter what it looks like, to rise up and say, yes, I am free. In Jesus' name, I am healed, amen? All right, we love y'all so
2: much. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next week. We love you, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for
1: today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.